Hey guys, I am here today with Brad, the founder of Sagrada Wellness. He is also a Kemo practitioner, Reiki healer, graphic designer, artist, and DJ from the UK. You're a full package. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's talk about your past a bit. When did you get diagnosed with Crohn's? And what were you taking to manage your symptoms? So I was diagnosed with Crohn's when I was nine. Um, I think it was actually just before my ninth birthday. Um, and yeah, at the time I was obviously very young, so I didn't really, couldn't really think for myself too much back then. Um, but yeah, I just went along with the, the advice of the doctors and took all sorts of different medications and different treatments and surgeries and stuff over the years. Um, had part of my bowel removed when I was 14. Um, so yeah, that was something that happened. And then kind of, yeah, as I've got older, got into kind of uh, natural healing and spirituality and stuff like that. And then, yeah, life's led on from there. Yeah. So how were the medications you were taking, like impacting you at the time? Was it helping or was it um, making worse? Yeah, I'll give like the doctor's credit where it's due like they've kept me well my whole life mm -hmm. um like yeah there's been flare-ups over the years and I've had surgeries and had different treatments to kind of combat that um so yeah they they definitely work there was some that didn't there's it was kind of been trial and error as as we've gone along right um yeah on the, on the whole they've worked um but I just kind of when I finished school and college and stuff I did quite a lot of traveling um and went all around the world doing that and then just had this itch to travel but I was having infusions every eight weeks so it kind of limited how long I could be away for because I'd have to come back for the hospital kind of thing um so yeah that kind of just led me to looking into natural things and like just thinking like there must be a way to heal this it can't just be something that because I've been told that it's something that I'd have all my life so I just kind of started to question that and think like, is it really something that's going to be with me my whole life or can I figure out what's caused it and change that? Yeah. So what changes did you make to make your life better and treat your Crohn's? Um, quite a few to be fair. Like I started on a journey of natural healing probably about six years ago. Um, and in the beginning, I watched a vegan documentary called What the Health, which talks about all the like benefits of eating a plant-based diet. And at the time, they mentioned in the documentary about Crohn's and that people with Crohn's could like a plant-based diet would be really good for it. So I was like, wicked, I found the cure, it's all good. <laughs> so I, went, I went went vegan and kind of came off all my medication, just thinking it was going to be fine and dandy. But um yeah, I was quite ignorant because I had no idea about nutrition and just wasn't wasn't eating the best diet in the world, to be honest. And yeah, I didn't have a clue what I was doing, really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just winging it. And then I became quite unwell quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and I found an article online. So I was kind of looking for other things. And I found an article online about a guy over in the US, actually. Um, an article on the Huffington Post about a guy that was... I think he was in his 40s or 50s he had a wife and two kids and he got diagnosed with Crohn's and had had it about six years or so I think it was um and he went down to the Amazon and spent four months or so 
in the Amazon with a with a shaman out there and he's come back and like 10 years on or something he's still symptom free wow that's wild so yeah so he he went down to the Amazon and it was like because he got offered he'd he'd had like three different surgeries already different parts of his bowel removed and then he got offered another surgery and and there was only a 50% chance of that work and if that didn't work they'd have to do another operation so he just kind of took things into his own hands um which is reading that was what led me to within two weeks of book the flight and be on my way to the amazon oh you're like this is it i'm i'm ready to try <laughs> well I'd, I'd always been interested in ayahuasca and the other medicines that the amazon has to offer like there's so many different plants and different kind of ways of life out there and different ways of treating things i'd already always been interested in ayahuasca and that kind of world of things but I wanted a reason to go and it was like reading that article it was like there's my reason like before it was just like I was intrigued and interested whereas now it was like actually a legitimate reason for me to kind of want to do that nice so like before that um how did you get into cannabis and other psychedelics um so cannabis was kind of by accident in a way like I grew I grew up and I was like in school I was always really like straight uh kind of level level-headed I guess like always kind of in school trying my best and everything I could I was always very creative so focused on like art and media and stuff like that and I was supposed to go to university in Bristol to study animation um my dream when I was younger is to work for Pixar Oh wow, that's so cool! I've been an animator for them, but I, I when I was I went travelling between college and university, um, and ended up breaking my hip mountain biking in Whistler in Canada. Um, so that kind of led me to stay at home whilst I didn't end up going to university. I deferred my place for a year, um, and a friend of mine, one of my only friends, my best one of my best friends now um he was him and his whole family are into cannabis and have kind of always used it and I I hadn't sort of tried it before that point I never even really drunk alcohol or anything I just kind of he was one of my only friends that didn't go to university so we're spending a lot of time with him and kind of naturally fell into that um and it was that that kind of led me to start looking at things differently and questioning the way the world is and the way the world is run like I started to get into conspiracy theories and that kind of stuff yeah <laughs> um and then from there I got into like more questioning reality and questioning what reality is as opposed to like just what's happening in the world and all of that kind of thing I started to question actually like what is life what all these existential questions that we really have no idea to the yeah. answer on. I just went full board into them and yeah got really deep into spirituality and asking those kind of questions which is then when I kind of phased into the use of psychedelics and exploring myself using those um and then after going to Peru it was kind of realizing the healing aspects and the medicinal benefits of all of these medicines like before it was always kind of like recreational just kind of doing it for fun and self-exploration and stuff like that but then I really started to see like the healing aspects of them all Yes, please talk about your 
Peru experience? Yeah, so I went, it was December 2018. Um, I went over to a place called the Garden of Peace, which is in Tarapoto, um, which is kind of where the Andes, where the Amazon meets the Andes, uh, the mountain range. Um, so yeah, I went, flew out there, like by myself, two weeks after reading this article, it was quite a spontaneous decision, but I was just like getting unwell really quickly. So I was just like, I need to find somewhere as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, and I went, I went out there feeling kind of completely like suicidal. My mental health was really bad. Um, the Crohn's was really bad. I had a lot of inflammation and a lot of different symptoms and a lot of pain and stuff. Um, I did what's called a master plant dieta. So it's, we had four ayahuasca ceremonies over two weeks. Um, and then during that time, we'd also diet with other plants. So they, our meals would be stripped to two small meals a day. We were given like, it was almost like the shaman was would prescribe us different plants for our time there, depending on the reason we were there. So like someone with mental health problems might get diagnosed as, or given a certain plant or a certain concoction of plants, like maybe the, wow. with my, you know, the gut issues. I was given um, Mawura Piri Piri was one and Unia de Gato, which in English is cat's claw. Um, so I'd drink those every single day. Um, and whilst I was there, I read a book, which I'd highly recommend to anyone listening, called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Um, and it talks all about the link between childhood trauma and disease. And it's kind of like a table with, a disease or problem the probable cause like sort of like an emotion or a tra traumatic type of emotion that would have caused that and then an affirmation to counteract it um so i went through and was kind of looking at all the problems that were relevant to me um and obviously the main thing being gut issues was um the main thing related to that the emotion was fear so I kind of sat with that for the rest of the day after reading that and being like, right, so if this was caused by fear, then where has the fear come from? Um, and in the meditation, I kind of sat meditating on it all day, really thinking about it. And I came to, I remembered that for two years before I got my diagnosis, I had really horrific night terrors um, where I would see like, I'd really kind of horrific, dark, I'd see like dark entities in my dreams and like really, quite terrifying dreams I remember one dream where I kind of came down the ladder of my bed because I'd, I'd sleepwalk as well and I everything was normal and I could it was like I was awake I kind of climbed down my ladder and turned around and there's a full-length mirror on the wall and I like saw in the reflection this like demonic creature looking thing like a black figure with red eyes and I screamed and when I screamed I woke up and I could see my own reflection oh my god that's um, crazy so yeah, I went into ceremony that night and asked Ayahuasca, just kind of went into it with the intention of like asking, is that where the disease came comes from? Mm. Um, and I was given the answer of yes, kind of thing. And I was, yeah, after that point, I was just kind of feeling the need to purge and really trying to purge, but couldn't kind of release it. But I feel like at the time I just wasn't ready to to let it go because I didn't know the ins and outs of it and it had been something that had been part of me for my whole life so like letting it go wasn't so easy 
Um, but yeah, I left, like, I left the jungle feeling um, completely in love with myself, completely in love with life. Um, like, just the two weeks there completely flipped my my whole being basically I was kind of went from obviously the hustle and bustle of like everyday life in England to the peace and tranquility of the jungle yeah there's tarantulas and scorpions and snakes and <laughs> things that could kill you but like generally it was really peaceful and quiet and the whole retreat we were in complete isolation so you couldn't speak to anybody else you're just on on your own in your heart no like phones taken away really? um, all of that kind of stuff so it was like I when I um, one of the things that I did that contributed to the healing alongside the ayahuasca and the other plants and stuff is I wrote down all the all the different with from the Louise Hay book I wrote down all the different affirmations from the book that counteracted all the different problems or things that I've kind of experienced health wise um, and I wrote down all of those and then I asked my phone back and there was no signal anywhere there so I couldn't really use it anyway but just so I could record myself set like speaking these affirmations and it was like a four minute audio clip I think it was on my phone so I put my headphones in and listened to that for like eight hours a day whether I was walking around or meditating or doing yoga or whatever I was doing I just have it on in my headphones the whole time um, and it just like really flipped the switch of my brain over time and like made me believe all of these things yeah. was. um but yeah when I got back I had blood tests done and like there was no inflammation left in my body um, like being there was a point during the retreat where I was so weak that it took me like what would what was normally from my heart a two-minute walk to the ceremony space it's for the second ceremony it took me 45 minutes because yeah. I just felt so so weak and unwell each footstep was only like an inch or two oh um and just felt so weak and dizzy and so it's like quite a profound transformation really yeah that is very dramatic change um yeah it's just kind of getting back to the UK then it was like didn't implement the things that I learned when I was there so it, my I kind of came back and my life was still the same as before I went back and all the same patterns and all the same people and all the same like ways of living so nothing really changed I got unwell again quite quickly so um, like your Crohn's what happened to it on the trip um it like my symptoms completely stopped and I my pain completely stopped by the end I was just like my whole body was just filled with love for life and everyone like even people that before I would have like kind of not not liked so much or whatever I have complete love for everyone and yeah it was really quite powerful and that that feeling of love like there's I don't know who said it or if anyone ever sort of said it first or whatever but there's like a concept of if you break up the word disease then to dis and ease then all it is is when the body is in a state of dis-ease so if you can bring the body back to a state of ease then disease can't exist there Oh, I like that. Okay. All right. Um, like ease being like peace, love, and like all of those sorts of feelings as opposed to like quite often like diseases will have different, different diseases will probably have different emotions attached to them similar to what that Louise Hay book says. But when you bring, bring yourself back to your purest state, then it can't exist. 
Yeah, I literally, I was watching this documentary about how our bodies are powerful enough to heal themselves. Um, if we like really believe in like, you know, other things involved too, but it was saying how when we don't process emotions, they can accumulate into pain in different parts of our bodies, which then will lead to stress, which then will lead to disease as well. So mm -hmm. it's crazy what our emotions can do to us, you know, like it's wild. Do you know about um, Dr. Joe Dispenza? I do not. You do not? No. He's a really good guy to research. He's basically, he, I don't know, I can't remember the exact things that happened, but 20, 20 odd years ago, he was a chiropractor and he had a, he was in a, he was doing a triathlon and in the cycling part of the race, he got hit at like, um, I think it was something like 80 kilometers an hour by truck on his bicycle. Dang. Um, and he had, I think it was three shattered vertebrae in his spine. Oh, um, and the doctors said that he needed surgery and that he'd never walk again and they wanted to put two metal rods either side of his spine to keep him upright and to keep his spine sort of strong um and he declined he said if it was anyone else he'd have recommended they had the surgery but he declined and went and had like just went went home um and he had full-time carers who's lying in bed meditating most of his time because he couldn't do anything else and what he was doing was in his mind visualizing his spine coming back together and he said it, it took him quite a few months I think but once he went through the entire sequence with no distractions or no thoughts and just piece it, visualizing all those pieces coming back together he then wiggled his toes for the first time and he was paralyzed from the neck down and within another few months he was up and walking again and it completely healed Wow. Um, like that, I think I've heard that story. <laughs> yeah. And he's now got like, it's taken him 20 years, but he's been studying the mind-body connection and it's taken him 20 years to get the scientific evidence and backing for what he did. And he's now putting that into practice with his meditation techniques, helping people with all sorts of different things. Oh, I definitely need to look into this guy. <laughs> wow. So let's talk about combo how did you discover it um that actually is back to peru um because i was kind of i'd been i'd watched a couple of videos on youtube about it but like only just whilst i was chilling with friends or whatever like it wasn't i never really put a lot of attention into it and never really looked into it too much um and when i was i stayed at an airbnb after my retreat for a few days before i flew home um and i was on the roof um with Chris who owned the Airbnb like a terrace on the roof um with Chris and a few of his friends um and I got speaking to a guy called Shady um and he I was sort of telling him about like my retreat and how it went he was kind of asking me all about it and then here I was telling him oh saying about the article on the Huffington Post and how that was what brought me out there um but I said i started talking about this article and didn't mention the Huffington Post and he then interrupted me and said is that the one on the Huffington Post and I was like yeah how did you know and he was like because Antonio the shaman mentioned in the article is the shaman that I work with and it's just down the road oh. so I could have gone anywhere in the Amazon and I'd ended up on the rooftop with the guy 
that works with the shaman of the article that I read. That's crazy. So I kind of like got obsessed with the idea, like, because he told me that I'd get unwell again. When I was speaking to him, he said, like, your work's only just begun. You're probably you you're gonna get unwell again. Or he wouldn't be surprised if I got unwell again. And then when I did, it was like, I need to call Shady. <laughs> um so I called him and spoke to him and they were he was like oh yeah we can we'll be able to help you you can come out and like spend some time with us um we recommend three to four months and it'll be 150 odd dollars a day so I was like that kind of stung me a little bit that price not, not expecting that and I was like I kind of obsessed for a while with the idea of getting the money together to be able to do it but then just something clicked one day and I was like well maybe I just met him so that I could find out about Cambo because he was when I originally phoned him back to talk about it he said that they do like seven to ten days straight of Cambo to begin with and then they go into ayahuasca and dieta which is the similar to the retreat that I did when I was there before but it'd be for three months rather than two weeks um but yeah, I just kind of took that as a sign to look into Cambo more and found out that it was legal in the UK and in the majority of the world. So, yeah, just kind of took it as a sign that I was meant to find out about Cambo through Shady and that was, yeah. Yeah, sweet. So so when you started taking this Cambo, um, what did it do for you? Like, what was your experience with it? And... Uh, over like you've been taking a lot so how did it um, affect you over the long term um it's changed my life to be honest I've taken it probably 30 times or so now um and I started um originally I found a practitioner called Lisa who lives about an hour and a half from me drive um and who's become a really good friend of mine now but I probably the first 10 to 15 times having Cambo was with her um and it wasn't until I did my training to become a practitioner that I really saw how profound the benefits could be like before with Lisa it was always like I brought an intention and it might be to clear a certain thing or like something that I'm working through or whatever but I always the main thing that I noticed was the physical benefits that I'd have more energy I wouldn't have as like the symptoms of the Crohn's would die down I'd like feeling just feeling better overall my well-being um and then during my training um we did like quite a deep process of looking through like subconscious patterns and like root causes of not necessarily illness because I was like as far as I know the only person on the training with it with like with a disease but kind of looking at the root causes of all of our individual problems and looking like deep into childhood trauma and all of those kinds of things and it was when I kind of started looking into that that I saw like the real power power of power of it um and I found that Cambo works on like from my own experience works on three levels so physical level which is like pulling all the physical toxins from your body and then an emotional level and a spiritual level. So emotional level, like removing emotional trauma from my own life, um, things like the night terrors and stuff like that, working through those sorts of things. Um, and during the training, we had what's called a three by three initiation ceremony. So you do three cambo three times in three hours. 
Whoa. <laughs> that seems like a lot. Yeah, it's like a, a warrior initiation to like almost initiate you into working with the medicine, connecting with the medicine, and also just like allowing yourself to know that you're strong enough to handle that much. Mm. You know, when you're serving clients, you know, like that people can take up, have a lot if they need to sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I kind of during that three by three um, experience, I had like a experience where, because one of the patterns that I've noticed during the training with the Crohn's was not only the fear aspect that I know that I discovered during my Ayahuasca experience, but also a pattern of like self-punishment. So like beating myself up when I'd not achieved what I'd set out to achieve or not met the expectations that I put on myself yeah. or beating myself up if I'd eat the wrong food or like any of these things. It was just like a pattern throughout everything I do in my life. I beat myself up if I don't like hit this perfect mark there, that I'm trying yeah. to hit um Feel that. During, during the training I kind of figured out where that came from um I actually had a what's called a soul retrieval and past life regression kind of session with the guy that runs the training and he um during that he sort of asks you questions about different energies that come up and like almost puts you into a state of hypnosis so when the question asks it's like t talking like directly to the subconscious part of my mind so it's not I'm it's not like I'm consciously answering it's just like the answer comes um and we kind of came to the conclusion this this need to punish myself doesn't come from my own lifetime it comes from my dad's dad so my my granddad on my dad's side um who passed away when I was real young um because he used to get quite badly punished by his parents to get locked in a cupboard under the stairs for hours sometimes days on end um and during that experience when he asked me like where he asked me where the feeling comes from because i he'd asked me to begin with whether it was in my lifetime whether this it, like feeling was mine or whether it was from somebody else and i just knew that it was from somebody else and it wasn't mine and i kind of he went to ask me if I if I knew who the person was that it could be from and before he'd even asked I had this image in my mind of my dad's dad just kind of came into my mind and he um he then obviously asked the question I had this image of my my dad's dad and then he asked me like what about this per like what about this person where does it come from sort of thing um, and I had this vision of my dad's dad when he was like a similar age to me when I was diagnosed with the Crohn's, like sat in the cupboard, like really sad, upset and scared and all of these emotions in the, like in, the, in this dark little cupboard um, to kind of notice at that point that that's where this self-punishment comes from. And it's been passed down through the yeah. generations. And from there, I went into this three by three um, Cambo initiation having had this experience a few days ago figuring that out that was still quite fresh in my mind and during the second um round of the three by three the second treatment I didn't purge at all which I'd, ne I'd never had a cambo where I hadn't physically purged and I was just crying the entire time for the entire 20 minutes like it wasn't I guess crying as a purge as well 
um, but just not like that physical purge I was used to. So it was just like all this emotion coming up and I wasn't sure where it was coming from. And then the camera got taken off after 20 minutes and I had another 40 minutes to rest until the third round. And during that entire 40 minutes, I just couldn't stop crying. It was like all this emotion was just pouring out. Um, wow. yeah. I, during that time, I had this vision of the same vision I had a few days ago of my dad's dad in this cupboard. But this time it was like I was sat with him the same age as him, like myself, both sat together the same age and like had my arm around him and we was like getting through it together kind of thing. Um, and then when the cambo got put on for the third time, I just had all this stuff, like so much pur like coming out and purging. And like since then, I've, like the need to punish myself has stopped. And like I still catch myself from time to time going back into that but like I'm much more aware of it. And then I, I'm able to like pull myself back and be like, no, actually I don't need to punish myself. There's no need to. Yeah. Um, it must've been such a big relief for you though, being able to like get all those emotions out. Yeah. Like that. I think that's the thing with Cambo. It's like all these, all the trauma that's, whether it's from our lifetime or like a parents or their parents or like even like past lives, if you believe in that or whatever, it's like, that emotion gets stored in your body like you're saying as toxins yeah and if you like if that isn't processed and you're not aware of it it can have quite dramatic effects so like having that realization and being able to have that release like you say yeah it's really quite powerful yeah. so why did you decide to become a Campbell practitioner um originally it was just so I could serve myself mm. I, I just wanted to be able to like have the knowledge and like be able to work with it deeper and be able to serve myself rather than having to pay for it each time I wanted to do it. Um, just be able to serve myself, um, which I've done a few times since doing the training. Um, but yeah, since like finishing during the training and since finishing it and stuff, I've just like realized now that I like have done it to serve others and to help others with everything that I've learned through my own journey, help others to heal from different things whether it's disease like addiction or just mental health or whatever it is like I feel like everyone well 99.9 percent .9 of the people in the world are suffering in one way or another whether they're like whether they're conscious of it or unconscious of it these things are affecting everybody yeah. Um, so yeah I just want to kind of do everything I can to help to help people really that's amazing <laughs> so when you go to south america or other places in the world to be a part of these like medicinal plant ceremonies how do you know if you can trust the shamans and the other people involved um i think i'll start with cambo i think with cambo if, if you want if anyone's wanting to do cambo there's like a couple of organizations that are kind of world renowned and like have got the right safe practices and have been trained well enough and that's the IAKP and the KPA so International Association of Cambo Practitioners um, which I believe over in the States you guys will have um, quite a few of those um, they're a bit more of a bigger organization or the KPA which is the Cambo Practitioner Alliance which is the community that I'm a part of um, so they're more based in the UK but are kind of spreading around the world as well um, and in terms of ayahuasca and things like that I think like it's really important to trust your gut like 
go with your intuition like I think to, it's too easy to get in our head about a lot of things and overthink things but like usually we have a gut gut feeling about something and it's good to kind of follow that so like when I went out there for example I contacted like four different retreat centers I think it was and I didn't know anyone that had done it so I kind of just was doing my own research and the one that like my gut was saying like yeah this is the one like I'm open to any of them replying I emailed them all I'm open to any of them replying but this is the one I really feel called to and they were the only one that replied (laughs) two replied but they were the only one out of the two that gave me a really lengthy and personal response so I could like really feel like the energy from that and their caring nature if you know what I mean Mm um yeah I just think like do your research go with your gut feeling and recommendations as well like if if you know anyone that's been anywhere or done these retreats like look for recommendations and like if it's online reviews because there's um there's reviews for places online obviously um but yeah recommendations from people that you know um I went to the garden of peace which is an amazing place so if anyone needs a recommendation then there's a wonderful place I'll definitely check it out (laughs) Um, so overall what's your biggest passion and what do you hope to accomplish with it um so I would say healing and like love to be honest overall like I feel like love and unity are things that are lacking a lot in the world at the moment like there's all these divides between differences of opinions differences of like oh if I've got a different opinion to you or to you then we can't get on but like no it's actually like we're all one species and like we can live with differences and it's like it's okay to have those differences we're all expressing our own unique like expressions of life yeah like healing is my biggest passion I just want to help people to heal like on an individual level um as a species collectively and like the planet as well I'm very passionate about sustainability and like like eco building and stuff like that and yeah all those kinds of things nice we always share the same passion (laughs) so this was amazing please tell everyone where they can find you on social media or anything else and i will also drop it in the description so they can find it um yeah so my personal page is uh at being brad collins on instagram um and also on instagram sagrada wellness uk um, awesome. <laughs> yeah so I just, wanted, I just wanted to add one more one more thing before we go um wanted to talk a little bit about I just noticed something in my notes I wanted to just talk about like how I hope to implement yes please take it away um, so obviously said about like healing and sustainability and all those kinds of things like my dream is to build uh an eco village and retreat center in Portugal oh Portugal okay um so yeah I haven't really got a time limit on it um but yeah within the next few years I hope to get some land and kind of start to get the ball rolling there um and also have plans to launch an online healing platform and community as well eventually um and kind of hope to have like offline events and stuff like music festivals and those sorts of things linked with that Um, but yeah just things to keep out keep an eye out for in the future um 
but yeah, thank you very much for having me. If anyone has any questions about Canva or anything like that, then feel free to drop me a DM. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodCon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Ooh.